Welcome back to the JR Takes Sportscast. As always, Jonah and Ryan coming at you live from the Pacific Northwest. And Jonah, not a fun weekend to be a Seattle sports fan, uh, unless you're a fan of the Huskies, I guess. Because That's why I'm wearing shit. this. Yeah. yeah, That's the only the, um, franchise that really deserves to be repped right now. And the Cougs. Shout out, shout out to the Cougs. True, true. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, let's just go through the Mariners real quick. Not a whole lot to say, but I believe it was a 0 for three weekend or over three weekend, and then a loss last night, pushing them to their longest losing streak of the season. But I'm gonna guarantee a win tonight. You heard right. it here first. But yeah, they hopefully will snap their four game losing skid, longest losing streak of the year. And if they want to make the playoffs, they better snap it tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of impressive. That's the longest losing streak they've had of the season. Because, I mean, I feel like I've had I've seen years where they lost 10 or more in a row. Well, and the funny thing is, is the winning streak was about just as long. So mm-hmm. up until they won eight games in a row two times. But the, the they're, they're hitting their stride. They just, as of today, aren't going to make the playoffs if if we, you know, uh, if the season ended today, we wouldn't make the playoffs. So there's still time, though. But yeah, you can't really think about that factor because the season isn't over, mm-hmm. and there's still plenty of games to play. So just another, you know, little trope that that we have to go up against. But I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine as far as our pitching and um, personalities in the clubhouse. Gotcha. Yeah, I say stay positive till we have no reason to. Which, Which is honestly, moving on to football, yeah. I'll segue into that. I'm not really that worried at all, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think we have a good chance of winning on Sunday, but I think this team is just going to be one of those Pete Carroll teams that sort of has to find itself mm-hmm. in the early on in the year, and then it will hit their stride. But I just... I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. The Bengals look terrible, and they are a Super Bowl contender. The Steelers, well, they looked really bad. I thought they would be better than they looked. They looked awful. Uh, the Giants, I knew that they sucked. <laughs> they Paying Daniel Jones was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and wow. then the Jets, obviously, they're prob- more than likely no longer a Super Bowl contender or even maybe a playoff contender i don't know it depends on how many interceptions zach wilson will throw this year but yeah i mean if they can just the thing with the jets though the reason why i think they're still a playoff contender and we'll we'll get to the seahawks in just a moment here um but just a quick aside they have such a good running game with Brees hall and dalvin cook and a really good defense to where you know they can ugly a lot of games up keep the score low kind of how they did last night and win as long as they limit the amount of turnovers Zach Wilson has. But if they just make him like a 20-attempt-a-game kind of guy, max throwing for like 200 yards, it could happen. He just can't be the thing that kills them, you know, which could very easily happen. But yeah, if they could just get his turnovers under control and turn him into like a, a Jared Goff in his early years, they could make the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I don't know if you heard the soundbite of Peyton Manning when he was watching <clears throat> Zach Wilson last night. And he was like run, running around. He, why does he run around so much? I don't know. He it's needs to like stop doing that. Yeah, anything. he <laughs> thinks he's Lamar Jackson. Every play, he's like, "Oh, Garrett Wilson's wide open. Tuck it and run." <laughs> um, but 
yeah it was funny peyton manning was watching uh zach wilson and eli was like how many more throws do you think he's gonna make this game and peyton was just like two <laughs> was it like the third quarter when he said that too <laughs> yeah so i don't know if he meant throws completed or the coach is going to call two more run plays but because honestly the 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 passing game was not it, it it was just i hate watching those football games where like remember like the seahawks we played the uh the commanders on monday night like two years ago and we just couldn't get anything going offensively. But it was when we had Russ. Yeah, it was that when we. It was almost, a Monday night game. Like we got an onside kick to like try to win the game in the last second, then there was a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that was part of a very miserable stretch of being. <laughs> yeah. So like offensive games like that just are just so hard to watch, mm-hmm. and I mean especially if you have a fantasy player on your. Yeah, we had a crazy fantasy matchup last night between the two of us. Uh, this guy had the Jets defense and, and Stephon Diggs. And I had Garrett Wilson with a big lead. And because of circumstances, it came down literally to the last play, won by less than half a point. Yeah, I, I thought I had one, too, because um, I didn't know what the score was of our game. I thought it was like 111 to something, but I didn't account for me losing points on that field goal. Yeah, but um, you didn't have a... Yeah, it, it just was like a perfect storm. Yeah, but that's kind of the way it goes. I, the week one and this weekend of sports was so bad for me in general that that I kind of just laughed that off. Like I'm just like, well, yeah, that's that's a cherry on top. The weekend for me. I but. think it's a, a another thing, like sort of like how we get excited for the preseason every year and during the eight month window of no football, you forget it's boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every year we forget week one is chaos every year almost like it's it's almost like a a fourth preseason game people say oftentimes because your starters haven't had meaningful live reps against an opponent that's trying to beat you really at all um especially the way teams are treating the preseason now so you you just see weird things happen i I think really the whole first month of the season a lot of strange things are prone to happen like you know remember this is i guess 11 years ago now but the Cardinals starting off 4-0 and then going 4-12. and <laughs> So many teams like get off on a little bit of a run early and then just get exposed as frauds. Or you have teams like the Lions last year that I think started like 2-7 and or 1-6 and or something terrible mm-hmm. like that. And then they finished with the same record as the Seahawks, 9-8. and um, So I think it's important not to overreact to week one. You know, a couple of years ago, Green Bay... They got like fucking obliterated week one by I want to who do you remember what I'm talking about? They like they played like the Browns or something or they played the Saints week one I think and lost like thirty to three I think it was when uh, Lafleur was first coach. Anyway. Are you talking about the Packers? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they ended up getting the top seed in the NFC. I mm-hmm. think so. It's it's important not to overreact. All this to say. The Seahawks, the best thing they can do right now is just change their fucking diaper and try not to poop their pants next time. Because holy fucking shit. That was one of the worst performances I've seen out of a Pete... It was up there with the worst performances I've seen out of a Pete Carroll coach Seahawks team. Getting three yards of offense, I believe, in the second half. Giving up 250 yards of offense to Puka Nakua... Excuse me, Puka and Tutu? 
running fucking laps around your secondary. Mike Jackson and Trey Brown looking like they should be on someone's practice squad or, you know, working at a Jiffy Lube somewhere. Like, it was fucking bad. And the thing was, across the board on defense, it was like everyone forgot how to play fucking football. And I don't know if it's a new scheme thing or just, or or what. I, I have a feeling it has mostly to do with the fact that we're running a new scheme with a bunch of new players playing together. And maybe they just overlooked these Rams. Maybe they looked at the fact that Cooper Cup isn't playing, the fact that Stafford was hurt all of last year and we beat them twice. I don't know. I don't know what you can chalk it up to, but um, this team has too much talent to play the way they did on Sunday for 17 games. It just... I, I think you just got to throw this one away and just admit that, hey, the Rams showed up ready to play. Pete Carroll got outcoached up and down both sides of the ball. Jason Myers missed a field goal. It all just went to hell. It was a half from hell. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I was looking at stats across the board, and again, week one, so I was kind of taking all of these numbers I was reading with a grain of salt, but... Uh, the Rams leading the league in uh, third down percentages, 11 for 17. I can believe that. <laughs> and uh, Puka Nakua, 10 receptions in the league, tied for second best in the league. Yeah, he basically just morphed into Cooper Cup. <laughs> and I guarantee you, he will not have a 10 reception day again this season. It's just like, and I guess I haven't given the Rams credit. They fucking played so hard on Sunday. On defense, their corners were just manhandling our receivers up and down the field. And, you know, like, the the talent gap was obvious in the first half, but the effort was, you know, pro-ram all game. And on offense, that was the best game I've seen Matt Stafford play against the Seahawks. All the, Going back to 2009 in his Detroit years, like, he was so sharp he looked yeah he didn't look like interception matt stafford he looked like a field general out there he's always been interception that's why i've always like not thought of him as like the top top tier qb is because yeah he's got one of the best arms out there can just like as far as tools for a quarterback one of the best that's ever played objectively but he always just makes some boneheaded throws where you're like okay there's good old stafford throwing a pick but he was putting the ball in razor-thin windows all game. I mean, I, there's a lot of points to be made about are we playing too soft with our zone coverages? Are we you know, putting too much pressure on linebackers and whatnot to cover whoever in the middle of the field? Those are all fair arguments, but you got to just give credit where it's due. He just was so locked in on Sunday, and there was about 10 throws in particular where – uh, watching it live, you're pissed off that we gave up a third down conversion because a lot of them were on third down, which was infuriating to watch. But you watch the replay, and I mean, our guy's right there. He's right where he should be covering a receiver, and it's just a perfect fucking throw. And the receivers caught almost everything that was thrown their way. Um, yeah, but- I got to I gotta give Stafford credit too because uh, I kind of sort of – wrote him off in the offseason thinking he was was just injured and i didn't really know what was wrong with him so that's kind of my fault and not really understanding what injury he had but and then baker mayfield playing really well last year um kind of just i don't know i i did 
sort of write them off and ex- just blow past them. Because remember, you, me, and Colby all picked them to win, I think, by a landslide uh, week one when we made our predictions last week or two weeks ago. So. Yeah, I think I just, like, another note to throw out there is, for whatever reason, Sean, McK- Sean McVay beats our ass like no other coach in the league. I, I, I don't understand it. Um, every time I feel like we've turned the tide... A game like this happens. I mean, no team has given the Seahawks more trouble. Weirdly enough, going through regimes all the way through yeah. Jeff Fisher, all the way to Steve Spagnuolo, there's something about the Rams rivalry that just transcends coaching and talent to where the Rams just are a pain in the ass. Think yeah. 2004 in the playoffs. Like, do these things <clears throat> matter? Do they actually correlate in reality? Probably not, but it's it's a thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I... The Rams are so frustrating, and mm-hmm. I hate their jerseys. They're generic, accidentally pressed A in Madden creator jerseys that took, like, five seconds to make. Yeah, and they're, like, four legitimate fans. Yeah, they were like, uh, let's look at the f- number fonts. Let's scroll down. Oh, the fourth option looks nice. Let's go with that. I hate the Rams. Yeah, fuck uh, the Rams. But it, moving on to next week, or I guess if you have anything more to discuss. Um, about the game, I guess I've mostly talked about the defense. Um, it can't be overstated on offense. Abe Lucas and Charles Cross are starting, you know, stalwart to the offensive line being out for the virtually the entire second half. That's what happens when you have replacement level players out there at two of your most important positions. You get fucking 12 yards and a half or whatever. It, it doesn't sound like it's uh, too serious, though, from well, what Pete said. I don't know if he's just trying to downplay it because he's I, I never trust Pete's injury updates because he's notoriously vague and optimistic. <laughs> but here, I don't know if you saw this, we signed Jason Peters today. 41, Isn't he 40? Yeah. 41-year-old Jason Peters. I don't know. So here's the deal. They could have just looked at the performance of Stone Forsyth and Jay Curhan and be, been like, we can't have these guys play meaningful snaps at all because look what happened. The Rams just loaded the box and were like, these guys are so shitty. Gino's not going to have enough time to even think. And it worked. So I think it's either A... They're just signing him as insurance to be the backup for either spot. So if those guys have to miss a couple games or if they miss time down the road with like lingering effects from these injuries, they just have a guy who, though older, is going to be way better than those two to just you know plug in that gap for X amount of time. Or one or both of them is actually legit hurt and going to be out a while. So they he hasn't said anything specific about those guys yet about how long they're going to be out um but i have heard the word degenerative in association with abe lucas's knee that is not a good thing see Uh, i i didn't you say something like that he has a history of this knee issue yeah and that (laughs) i mean that could be why we got him in the third round i i don't know these are things you don't really think about you kind of just focus on performance but uh, he he didn't get injured during the game. It just was that knee issue he has was flaring up, and he he couldn't finish the game. So I don't know. It's funny how uh, in the off season 
I don't know if you feel the same way, but I sort of forgot how depressed you get from seeing players that you like get injured and be yeah, done for a while. <laughs> and like the Abe Lu- well, yeah, the Abe Lucas and the Charles Cross were the first like gut punches. And then obviously last night, that was super lame with Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers tearing his ACL. Like, immediately. Yeah, we got, like, (laughs) honestly, it it is kind of funny for Jets fans. They only got four fucking snaps of Aaron Rodgers, and then he was ripped away from them. (laughs) (laughs) Did he even have a pass completion? I don't think he did. No. I don't know if he, I think the only pass play he did was the play he got sacked. That's unreal. Yeah. That's... Seen, there's been a lot like, you know, the Tom Brady injury in 2008 comes to mind. But mm-hmm. even that, like, it wasn't first pass attempt of the game. Like For his new team. Yeah. <laughs> and the hype around the Jets and the signing of Aaron Rodgers has been, like, one of the biggest stories this entire offseason. Yeah, they even got an HBO show to follow them and hype them up even more. So yeah. it's like... It's fucking yeah. devastating. I can't imagine being a Jets fan. That what a gut punch that must have been. Like, I, and you know what's funny? I remember like before the game last night, I saw like a Pat McAfee post, and it was like a quote from him being like, "We might see the best Aaron Rodgers we've ever seen this year." <laughs> it's just like the actual opposite of that. Yeah. So it's just like you You're not gonna have... see any Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, do you remember if? The injury bug is, like, week one, and then it kind of settles? Or is it, like, all over? I would like I, to look at a statistic yeah, of that. Yeah, I don't know if the data on that points to any, like, specific pattern and timing of when most injuries happen. I, there's probably a huge spike during training camp, is my guess. Yeah. But I would feel like it's a fairly consistent rate throughout the season. Well, because I would think if no one is playing in the preseason anymore, then we're seeing all these week one injuries. I'm curious to see how in the next couple weeks is going to go. I think in the early season, there's a lot of like soft tissue stuff, like hamstrings and uh, cramping, stuff mm-hmm. like that, just from not being in war mode. But um, beyond that, I I don't have any information, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it just, like, I'm not even a fan of Aaron Rodgers the human all that much. Um, I could take him or leave him, but as a football fan, there's few things more exciting than watching that guy play quarterback. Uh, yeah. he's He does it like... I think Mahomes is the only other quarterback in NFL history you can really place in the raw talent tier of Aaron Rodgers because it, his arm, his mobility, the angles he can throw at, and just the the downfield accuracy he has, like, there's been few players like him in NFL history. Probably none, really. Like, because Mahomes is sort of different mm-hmm. in the in the style he plays in. But anyways, it just sucks as a football fan to not have him out there, even if I hate the Jets and I'm not particularly a big Rodgers fan. Well, and, God, that would have made that division so fun. Like, mm-hmm. that division would have been last year's AFC West, yeah, even I the think. the Patriots looked pretty dang competent Mike. they almost beat the eagles yeah mac jones didn't look bad dude i know i know i know Keyshawn boot gets that foot down they might have beat the eagles like it's it's very close but that's i mean i think one of the biggest takeaways from this week one was the nfl is the fucking nfl and anything can happen any any given sunday it's it's a trope 
it's kind of annoying how often people say that, but look at how many games were just like bonkers this weekend or just blowouts when you don't expect them to. It's Yeah, it and really you think about it, week one is like this every year because I don't know how many years I've gone back and like I've done a like survivor pool or something like that, and I'm like, oh, this is a certain game. Uh, the the Drew Brees offense Saints are playing the, the Josh Freeman Buccaneers. I'll pick the Saints to win. That's certainly going to be a game that they'll win, and they lose. They so lose it's like, like twenty four to seven or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like that happens all the time in Week One. Like the yeah. the Hall of Fame quarterback loses to Mitch Trubisky or something. Well, probably not, but <laughs> but that that level of tier quarterback can just win sometimes in Week One, and it doesn't make any sense. But I'm I'm sh- I'm I'm wondering what the stat on like shitty teams that end up with a losing record like what the percentages are of them winning in week one as compared to like yeah throughout the rest of the season because i i would guess it's probably pretty high yeah well i mean just one last example before we move on from the subject think of just last year's opening day the The bears beat the 49ers the bears were yeah that was so they were literally the worst team in the league last year and the 49ers were a brock injury a Brock Purdy injury away from maybe making it to the Super Bowl. So, there you go. <laughs> Which, God, I think they might. They look... If, they remind... that What sickens me about watching the 49ers is they remind me a lot of the early 2010 Seahawks, the way they play defense. Like, I, I know schematically that's not the same, but just the way they rally to the ball and just attack, I feel like we haven't had a defense like that in so long, man, and I miss it. I know they certainly didn't look like that yesterday. Even though Bobby had the most tackle, he always—he's a tackle machine. He he always has. I think he's leading the league in tackles right now he is, with nineteen. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but the the thing is, and I guess before we move on to the Lions game, um, the things that genuinely concern me about the Seahawks are the trends that we saw in this game have been problems for us for fucking years now. And um, let me give you this stat. The Rams had the ball for 40 of the 60 minutes of the game. And I think we only, we might have only ran 50 plays on offense the entire game. The Rams ran over 80. So time of possession has been a massive problem for us. And having that disparity, like if, if you're on defense the whole game, like... If, if you're not giving up big plays constantly, you might look at that as a win. But if you're giving up every third down, if you're stopping the run but still but not getting off the field on third down, then stopping the run doesn't even fucking matter. And this was what the 2021 season was like the whole time, if you remember, where the Seahawks were, I think, top five in yards per carry allowed on defense. But they were so bad at getting off the field on third down and the pass defense was so bad in general that it didn't fucking matter. We had we had a, a game against the Vikings that year that was really similar to this game against the Rams, if you remember, where it was like, I think same thing, second half of that game, we, had, we were on offense for like seven minutes. <laughs> and uh, uh, long story short, the themes that were present for the bad in this game have been there for a long time, and that's through changing players through changing the coaching staff. And people are starting to say, hey, the common denominator here is Pete. 
And I, I do, at a certain point, have to... I have a harder time saying, no, it's this reason, it's, it's that reason. And I, I don't want to be thinking that way, and I don't want to overreact to week one, but th- these were problems for us in 2019. Matt fucking Schaub threw for almost 500 yards against us. In a game we won, but it's that fucking Ben, but don't break defense, man. It's just like, I feel like every team in the NFL now is content <clears throat> to just be like, all right, well, we're going to dump it off to the running back over and over again. We're going to throw these short, intermediate routes over the middle over and over again because you give it up every play. I don't know. I I think they need to play with some more. Like Clint Hurt, you gotta you gotta fucking nut up, dude. Th- throw some blitzes out there. Mix up your coverages. Do more man. I, I take some risks. I'm willing to give up some more big plays if it results in one fucking sack because we got none. Um, and yeah, I, I guess to just wrap up, it's very clear that Devin Witherspoon is a need on this defense because Tariq was the only good cover guy out there in that secondary. And also it's very clear that we did not get that guy in the pass rush in the off season that we were hoping for. Uh, and I haven't did. really been liking what I've been hearing about Jalen Carter reports from f- pro football focus and whatnot. No, I, I don't think it's healthy for your mental health to look at his stat sheet because He's already looking like one of the best interior defenders in the league, but it was one game. And yeah. we got to draft him. We got to just get over it, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, no, it it most certainly does not, and especially because Weatherspin is he even practicing. Yeah, this he's going to play this week. Okay. I was going to say, like, to segue into the Lions game, um, having Weatherspin out there is going to be crucial for any hope of stopping Amon Ross St. Brown. And I guess. Going into week two, I would rather have us pissed off and embarrassed and wanting to, you know, right the wrongs of the week before than riding high off an easy win that should have been an easy win. It's almost like the opposite of last year. Yeah. We started off, we were written off, we beat the Broncos, and then the following (laughs) week we got our ass kicked. It's like this year, they were written off, we got our ass kicked, and hopefully... (laughs) We're going to be written off against the... I said that a lot. That was an over, overly use of the word written off. But you get my, you get my already, message is that we're the underdog against the Lions. And, and big road we underdogs could, at that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, and I just generally feel like going back to day one of Pete becoming the coach, we've always played better as underdogs. I don't know. Like I don't have the data to point to that point I just made there and prove to you that it's true, but... Do, do you feel that way? Because I feel that way. I feel like there's there's a sort of pressure when there's expectations, and when yeah. there's not, you can kind of play freely. And I think that that we saw that with the Mariners this year when we they saw struggled. It with the Rams Sunday, they yeah, had no pressure. People were picking them to be one of the worst teams in all of football. Yeah, and so Puka happened. Yeah, it's almost better in really any sport. I think if you fly under the radar all year, and then all of a sudden everyone's afraid of you because you're dangerous and have nothing to lose. Whereas if you're you've got a roster full of guys who've gotten paid or 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 are about to get paid, and then it becomes like all that more pressure to win because it all could come apart in mm-hmm. that off season. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and at least we're not the Giants. They Last suck. <laughs> oh my god yeah i just yeah they i can't believe how 
seemingly one-dimensional they are if you stop Saquon Barkley. $40 million a year for that. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm so glad that we did haven't made a move like that. That like I I'm also even if the Seahawks just hypothetically speaking aren't great this year, I'm fine with that because I still think we're a couple pieces away from being a contender, but we have so much awesome young talent on rookie contracts on this team and we we're not hamstrung. The biggest contract we have is Jamal Adams and you can make all sorts of points about whether we should have done that. We shouldn't have, obviously, but mm-hmm. I still think he's a great player. So. Yeah, I'm excited for him to come back. And I'm... he's practicing in full this week, so I don't. I still think he probably has held out one more week. But week three, having Jamal Adams back there against the Panthers, like let's say we're zero and two, I think that's a really good shot to go to to get our first win of the season if we haven't. Is that a home game? Yeah. Okay. Um, but all that to say, um, transitioning into the Lions game preview. Uh, there's a chance Jamal Adams back, but having Devin Witherspoon making his NFL debut for sure just makes me feel so much better about that whole situation because I think the frustration that's been boiling up around him is just the fact that we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him in practice, didn't see him in the preseason, and then you have the guy that a lot of people wanted us to draft go out there and just immediately be dominant week one. It makes that It makes people question that pick, but... I think what's been forgotten and all that is how great of a player Devin Witherspoon was for Illinois, and um, I'm just I'm just really excited to see him go out there and play because he plays with that that fire and that energy that, that was, fire in his gut. He has that fire in his gut. He took the bus. Did you? He's a killer. Uh, anyways, watch the Jonathan Gannon video if you haven't. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has that spark. Him and Jamal Adams both actually. Uh, they play with an energy that was sorely lacking on Sunday. Um, I know explosions, <laughs> big plays. Sorry, all right, I got it out of my system. No more Jonathan Gannon for now. But I think that is more of a factor for a Pete Carroll coach team than for your average NFL team because I I feel like especially on defense we've historically been a team that tries to beat you with just pure like performance more so than x's and o's and matchups obviously that's not 100 percent true but pete has always kind of coached like in a way to just juice up his guys to motivate them and go have them like outperform players that that's a lot of how the russell wilson offense worked like think of beast mode like there wasn't a whole lot of strategy of just giving him the ball 30 times a game it's because they knew he knew eventually he's gonna you know go crazy and break a big one mm-hmm. that's just what we would do um so anywho i i think just just having those guys out there is gonna make our defense if nothing else a lot more watchable and uh that's all i want to see out this Lions game i well, don't really care like i want us to win don't get me wrong and i think we have a chance but I just want to see us look like a real NFL team for four quarters because we got one and a half last week. Ryan, don't you remember last season when we were like playing that stretch of games where I can't remember who it was, but we played like two teams and then we played the Chargers or something and we were like, we won a couple games in a row. Yeah. And our defense was playing pretty good they during were. that stretch, if I'm correct. Um, and that's kind of why I'm also not panicking yet because I feel like I saw this mm-hmm. already. Like, I just, I feel like I've seen this 
story play out so many times where we look absolutely horrible in the beginning of the year defensively we kind of figure it out and then we end up either making the playoffs and miss or miss it by one game or losing the division around what have you um but i that's kind of why i'm not worried is because we have an offense this year that we haven't had in those years past that i feel like it'll balance itself out everything will come together people will get chemistry with one another on defense and it i just think things have a way of working themselves out and over week one is just a a, a bad sample size in my opinion yeah i agree with you um i would say my counter to your point you just made is that I'm really fucking sick of having to have a big defensive adjustment every year. You know, like why yeah, can't, why can't we just get our shit together in the off season and not be the worst defense in the league for like four weeks? <laughs> uh, it's just frustrating. But uh, I agree. I think it's way too early to make any sort of judgment um, about. I would say any team, but I think it's pretty clear which teams are you know playing playing for Caleb Williams this season. Yeah, um, but I don't think we're one of those teams. Um, so I, I think, you know, until if they play two more games like they did in the second half against the Rams, then, yeah, I think it's time to, you know, have some serious talks about this team's future. But I don't think it can get any worse than what we just did, uh, considering the opponent we were playing. It, it just it, it doesn't get any more embarrassing than that is what I'm trying to say. So we have only up. Here. <laughs> yeah i would have to agree with you on that one um i i don't think it's gonna be pretty on sunday i we although i just feel like the seahawks surprise me every week it could be one of those weird games where we just come out and we like we went into detroit and beat them last year so yeah we put up the last two times we played against them we've averaged 50 points on and we're argue well and we're a better team today than we were a year ago mm-hmm. so assuming we have our tackles in uh, if yeah. we if we go out there with stone jake curran we are losing by two or three scores <laughs> i'm just gonna say that right now but yeah aiden hutchinson is going to be in the backfield all mm-hmm. all all game yeah and what it's it's frustrating because you know i feel like before that happened kenneth walker was having a fantastic game and we got behind and stopped running the ball drive stalled and it was like I don't know. I think this offense, this works for most teams, but when we have a balance of run and pass, and uh, mostly when we're not, I I think one of the big things that got us off rhythm uh, against the Rams is we started doing the run, run, pass on first, second, and third down, and like how many fucking years <laughs> do of evidence do you need to see before you stop doing that, mm-hmm. uh, Shane? Because he was doing great the first couple drives there, and then, you know, like, uh, after we blocked the field goal, it was run, run, third down, throw away, drives over. That <laughs> happened for, like, two drives, and it reminded me of, like, again, the dreaded 2021 season a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the Seahawks, when, when they're throwing on early downs and running mostly on, like, second down and just trying to – playing to avoid third down – is, is when this offense functions the best, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, JSN, like, JSN had a drop. Quandre missed some tackles out there. 
You had Gino missing a wide open Jake Bobo, which was tragic because I think the entire city of Seattle would have had an earthquake in excitement had mm-hmm. we had a Bobo deep pass TD game one. Uh, maybe we get a game two, but anyways, the point I'm trying to make is across the board, like almost every single player on the team had a bad game, like an uncharacteristically bad game. Yeah, we Trey did. Brown looked like the he looked like Trey Flowers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, and not the defensive lineman Trey Flowers. Um, and uh, I just I don't think that's gonna happen again. I think they're gonna you know nut up, focus, and just come out with a much better level of execution against the Lions. And will that result in a win? I think it's gonna result in a one score game. Is my prediction. I um, still think we lose, but I do think we come out not flat. And we come out attacking the ball mm. on defense and and on offense for that matter. Mm. Um, I hope hopefully we come out passing. I think we should pass the ball. I agree. Um, because fucking the Lions need to prove to me that they can play defense. And I mean, I guess they did last week, but Kadarius Tony was their best yeah. defensive player. So. Like, let's be real. If Kadarius Tony was almost any other receiver in the league for that one game the chiefs win by 10 points likely so yeah i'm not i'm not trying to take away what the lions did it was really impressive but did even they would have to admit that if yeah, they're being honest. you would have lost to me in fantasy if Kadarius tony didn't yeah <laughs> so yeah. again like thanks 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 kt yeah, I was gonna call him KD, but then I was like, wait, K- K- D- that's not even like the end of his name. There's still more There's to say. Kadarius, so I get it. But anyways, yeah, um, I fuck it. I'm gonna say we win. I'm gonna say we win 34 31. Mm, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think it's gonna be a shootout like last year, but I I think we lose. I can live with that. As long as. I just, again, I want to see us look like a functional NFL organization for four quarters. And if we win from that, great. If not, I think we definitely win the next week and then start stacking some Ws. But we <clears throat> we can't be having constant three and outs. We can't be giving up every third down. If we do that again, I'm going to be a lot less positive on the next podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you've been warned, Seahawks. <laughs> you got anything else for this one? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Other than hopefully we can stop the the duo in the backfield and Amon Ra. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess before we sign off, one encouraging thing from the Rams game: we did stop the run pretty well. They mm-hmm. averaged less than three yards of carry, so I think that'll help us out against the Lions a little bit. But if they just throw over the middle 150,000 times again, then yeah, it's not going to make much difference. But we'll see. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Yes. So anyways, thanks for listening. Once again on the JR Takes Podcast, we will catch you on the next one. Yes. Thanks for listening.